So we've been going through the book of Ephesians, and if you follow along and you kind of catch the, uh, the, the passages that we put up, we're going to put up a passage here um, in chapter 6 and chapter 3. If you read these passages every week that I'm putting up on the screen, you will end up reading through the entire book of Ephesians. What's really awesome about this is like we've been talking about the fact that the, the first half of Ephesians, chapters 1, 2, and 3, are really about how God is kind of like created the world and the mystery in it, and all of this has been revealed through Jesus Christ. And then the last half, chapters 4, 5, and 6, are really about like, okay, so what's this mean? Like, I don't know. What, what, is, the, what is the church supposed to look like? What does community really look like? So if, you're, if you have a Bible or would like one, raise your hand. If you have a Bible right now, go ahead and turn to chapter 6. We're going to be hanging out in chapter 6 of Ephesians, and we're going to be starting in verse 10. Many of you have heard these verses before. This is about the full armor of God. And I want us to, to read through this, to look through this, care for it, but then I'm going to take us down a little bit more of a personal route. You guys know that this is kind of the work that we need to do right now. In order to create oneness, in order to create unity, it really comes back down around to what do we really want and how bad do we want it. I'm not exactly sure, I'll just be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure, um, and I wasn't sure how far I wanted to take this because I don't know where you're at. I don't know where the level of passion for unity, unity here, Unity in your family, unity in your marriage, unity with your friends. I don't know how bad you want that. There's some things here today that when we're going to talk about it, I'm going to give you the opportunity to push into it and even this week to wrestle with it. Are you guys down, down for that? So here we go. Ephesians chapter 6, starting verse 10. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, you are the teacher through the Spirit. We are the student, and God, we just ask right now that you would teach us. We have no idea how to do this thing, and only when we are, uh, only when it's revealed to us, God, through your Spirit, do we really understand. Lord, I pray right now that when we read through this, and as we talk, and as we discuss, and as we go over this, Lord, that we would walk out of this warehouse different than when we walked in. That we would walk away, Lord God, with a renewed vigor to, and a passion to pursue you, to put you first in our lives. And Lord, that only happens when you speak to our hearts. So we open our hearts, we open our minds, and we want to learn, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, Ephesians 6, starting verse 10, looks like this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Or, you know, maybe sometimes you've read that and said, finally, be strong in your, in you, in your power. No. The Lord and his mighty power. Put on your armor. No. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when, you, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How many of you guys have heard this before? Good. And we could preach and talk and, and have a series for weeks on this passage. And I think that's interesting, a couple of notes, is that all of that armor is defensive except for the last thing, right? The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And as you think about this, I think that we maybe have heard this before. If you haven't today, I mean, this is really what, what Paul is describing. He's in prison when he's writing this. He's probably looking at a Roman soldier as he's writing this, and he's describing these things. I mean, a Roman shield, like the shield of faith, that would, they, they would have been had a physical shield, would have been like two and a half feet wide by about four feet tall. And he's seeing all this, and he's writing all of this, and, and this is really what we are to put on, the full armor of God, and that we're to remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood. But when it comes to unity, unity breaks, and oneness breaks when what? When the flesh and blood become the enemy. And we are deceived, and we're fooled, and we forget that fact. We forget that our battle is not against a person. How many of you guys have been there? Right? I mean, every day, right? And why is it that we can be deceived into thinking that our battle is against people? Because that key verse is verse 12, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Why is it, why is it that we feel like they're the ones that we're battling against. Well, it's pretty easy to, if you really just get quick about it. You can say, okay, number one, people hurt us. People hurt us. They, per, they, they may hurt us emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually. People manipulate us. Everybody, anybody love being manipulated? All right, really quick side note. I, got a, I, I ended up on a sales call yesterday. And this guy was trying to sell me something, and it was so great. But have you ever been, like, like, in that sales call, and just, you feel the manipulation? You just feel it? Anybody there? So this guy, we're talking, he's like, man, I've got all these vacations for you. And they're all going to be, like, discounted. And it's only $49 a year for all of this. It's like seven different vacations. It's amazing. I'm like, awesome, I'm on board. He's like, there's just one thing. There's a $3,500 one-time fee. And I was like, oh, okay. And they said, but I'm going to discount that to $2,250. I said, oh, okay. I said, okay, awesome. Man, I, here's what I said. I said, here's the thing, man. I am on board. Sign me up, $49 a year. I just need you to waive the $2,250. And then we went down the rabbit hole. It was so good. He's like, well, sir, I cannot do that. There's no way. I was like, no, you can. Just ask your supervisor if you can go ahead and waive that for me because I'm locking in on the 49 a year, man. I'm down. Like, I'm down. He's like, no, sir, I cannot waive that fee for everybody. I said, you're misunderstanding me. I'm not asking you to waive it for everybody. I'm just asking you to waive it for me. I'm sure that you can handle it. You're a big company. 
He's like, no, you know, that's not going to work. That's not even a conversation. Now, this is like, I broke him. It was so great. So he's like, this is not even a, this is not, he, the sales guy who's trying to sell me, he's like, this is not even a conversation right now. I'm like, but it is because my offer to you is that I'm locked in on the 49 a year. Just wave. And He's like, I can't do that. There's only two boxes I can pick. You can either pick $49 a year or $349, and $349 could go up. $49 is locked in. I said, look, I'm not declining. All I'm saying is that I'm saying yes to the $49, so click that box and then wave the $2250. And he, was, he literally is losing his marbles. And, and he goes, look, I'm just going to have to click one of these boxes. I said, that's fine. If you would like to decline for me, then put that in the notes that I did not decline, but you did. And, it, and you're declining my offer. And he was like, he was just so done. He was so done. And he started the whole conversation about the fact, hey, you're in Chicago. I'm a Bears fan. I was like, really, dude? Manipulation, right? That's a funny example, but how many of you have been in unhealthy relationships where you're manipulated? I feel bad about that guy. I was, just, I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but that's why, right? And then I think that some people are just plain old mean and mean-spirited and selfish. And so here's where things start to take a turn. We don't want to get hurt again, and so we put on a different type of armor. We don't put on the full armor of God. We put on the full armor of me. There's a story in Scripture, if you want to turn to it, it's in um, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And uh, this is classic, right? This is David and Goliath. David goes out to the field to visit his brothers. He sees Goliath mocking the Israelites. He's like, that's not okay. Someone needs to take him out. I could take him out. People overhear him saying that. They get him to Saul. Saul says, you know what? There's no way you're a kid. He says, look, I've killed bears. I've killed lions. I'm ready to go. I'll kill this guy too. And Saul's like, fine. And this is where I pick it up. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took the armor off. And then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine, and we know how the story ends. David defeats Goliath. But isn't it interesting that he took off the armor from Saul? He went before Goliath wearing no armor at all. Or was he? Maybe what he did is he put on the full armor of God. Maybe he stood before Goliath and said, my faith is in the one true God, and I'm going to stand up to you. And what's interesting is that when we put on armor that's not made for us, that we, we somehow think is going to fit, but it doesn't, it doesn't look good on you. But we do it because we have to defend. We have to defend ourselves. We have to, all of those, the full armor of God, all of them are defensive except for one. And we know what it's like to, to have to defend ourselves. We know that when we walk into a room that we'll sometimes defend ourselves because we're not exactly sure who's there. We don't know how safe it is. And I don't know, maybe Joe's going to ask me to make some more doors. And I'm going to be up here like this. Don't come over by me, dude. 
we put on our own armor. You see, our work is to determine where we're putting up our defenses and wearing the wrong armor. There's a book, um, a series of books that's been ruining me. Um, the, uh, the author's name is Brene Brown, and she's uh, written books like Rising Strong and Braving the Wilderness, and the book that I'm in right now is Dare to Lead. And, and in this book, she talks about what it means to armor up versus armor down. And when we armor up, it's not, it's not pretty. I've got a list of both of those things. And here's what it is. When we armor up, it's about perfectionism. I'm not, this is, we could spend weeks on this too, but I'm just going to give it to you quickly so we can understand the differences. Armoring up is about perfectionism, but armoring down is about healthy striving. Armoring up is about scarcity and operating out of scarcity and squandering the good things in life. But armoring down is about practicing gratitude. Oh, sound familiar? Armoring up is about numbing. People numb themselves with alcohol or drugs or shopping. But armoring down is about setting boundaries. Armoring up is about crush or be crushed. Like, we're not going to let anybody crush us, so we're going to crush them. But armoring down is about being firm and flexible. Armoring up is about being right. Armoring down is about getting it right. Armoring up is about cynicism. Armoring down is about clarity and kindness. Some of this will be familiar from last week. Armoring up is about powering over and making sure everyone knows that you're in control. Powering and armor, armoring down is about power with, with each other, and power within, which we know comes from Christ. Powering up is about hustling for your worth, and powering down is about knowing your worth. Powering up is about compliance and control and making sure everyone is doing everything exactly the way that we want them to do it. And armoring down is about shared purpose. Arming up is about fear and uncertainty and, and operating in that environment. But armoring down is about normalizing fear and saying, yes, of course there's things that are fearful. Of course there's things that we're going to attempt that, that, that are difficult. We don't know how they're going to work out. And we have to apply a ton of faith to you, of course. Armoring up is about rewarding exhaustion. Oh, you worked 80 hours last week? Man, you're a dude. You're a dude, man. Like, that's awesome. Man, good for you. Dude, you're a dude. Like, it's amazing. Armoring down is about rest and play and recovery. How's, when's the last time anybody told you to, to not just, don't just sit there, do something, instead of just, why not just sit there and do nothing? Like, when's anybody told you that? Tolerating discrimination is about armoring up. Armoring down is about a culture of belonging. Armoring up is about collecting gold stars. Armoring down is about giving gold stars. Armoring up is about zigzagging and avoiding you ever been walking across campus or going through your building at work and having to avoid somebody? That's called zigzagging, all right? That is not okay. That's armoring up. Good for you. Armoring down is about straight talk and action. Armoring up is about leading from hurt. Armoring down is about leading from heart. Guys, the right side of that slide is what I long for. It's what I long for for my family, for my marriage, for us here, I long for that right side. And I'm fighting for it. And I want to see that happen. But I think the problem is, is that we don't quite get it. So we're going to have some fun here, all right? And this is what we call an all play, all right? So here's what's going to happen. I want everybody to stand up. Actually, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's, everybody stand up. 
And I want you to put your dukes up. And I want you to pick someone, and I want you to front them, all right? I just want you to be like this, all right? Now, Rachel, I need you to go to Ephesians 3.6. It should be next slide. <clears throat> all right. You guys, keep your dukes up. You guys are now in a defensive position. If anybody wants to do this, you can do that too. All right. Ephesians 3.6. Keep your dukes up. Ephesians 3.6. This mystery that is, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles and heirs are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body. When you guys are fighting like this or ready to fight, does that look like you're one? And they share together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Look at chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Listen, guys. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. He talks about that in, ver in chapter 6, right? The purpose according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Guys, put them up. Let me ask you this. Does this look like we are revealing the manifold wisdom of God? All right, last thing before you sit down. Go ahead and give him a good right hook. Just kidding. Just sit down, sit down, sit down. When you... How many, that was helpful, right? Because you got to stand up. When you think about this, God's intent, God's eternal purpose was that we, when we are the church, when we are one, what we do is we reveal the manifold wisdom of God to the world. And when we walk into this room and we're like, look, I'm not sure. Or we walk into growth group and we're like, I'm not letting anybody know. We put our defenses up. How is that? What does the world lose when we defend? When we make the wrong thing the enemy? I think that that, my friends, is where we have to do the work. Ephesians 12 and 13 from chapter 3. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to, do, to be discouraged because of my chains, is what he says. But I think that that word for us today is that you would see that when you're able to allow yourself to be one, the whole mystery that Paul's been writing about in Ephesians, he talks about it in chapter 3. The mystery is this, is that people, the Jews and the Gentiles, who are at odds for thousands of years, have been brought together in one body. Through what? Through the death of and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that also means that Bears and Packer fans can hang out. 
If a relationship between two people groups had been segregated for thousands of years, I believe that God, in his, in his own way and through his own power, he can heal your relationships in your family. He can heal our relationships in this place. But we have to be willing to say we want the full armor of God, not the full armor of me. The full armor of God, not the full armor of me. When this happens, where does Paul go right after the full armor of God? Right after that, what he says in, in chapter 6, in verse, um, it's about probably 17 or 18. Rachel, you got that one? He says this, he says, pray in the spirit, after you've put on all the armor of God, you take off your armor. And what are we to do? To pray. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So God, he creates this unity through Jesus Christ. He then allows us to not have to armor up when we're with each other, but to actually create oneness. How in the world can we be one when we're all walking around defending? And he says, when you put your guard down. Now, let's just talk. I mean, that's not going to mean that you're going to share every gory detail with everybody in this room, but what you're going to find is that there are people that you can trust, that God puts in your life that you can trust, and you have a core, and you're going to be able to say a phrase. And when you're able to say this phrase, you're able to, to really be you. Look, I have nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and nothing to hide. I need four quick uh, volunteers. Real quick, it'll be fast. Four, just come on up. Four, let's go. You're not going to have to do anything weird. <clears throat> well, maybe. All right. Four, Corey, come on. All right, good deal. Yes, how are you? Come on over here. Let's do this. All right, Ray, let's do it, man. You're not on a wedding. Run up here, dude. Let's go. All right. All right, I want you to create a circle right here. Awesome. And I want you to go ahead and, uh, and like just be like ready to go. Like just pick somebody. Yep, you're just ready to go. Oh, man. Whoa, he's going, he's going up top. All right. So let me tell you what happens. When, if, I'm, if I'm the one, these guys are all ready to fight. And this could be like a family disagreement. This could be um, just normal life at, at home. It could be something that's going on at school or whatever. But here they are ready to fight. And I walk in and I go, hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going, man? You know, let's, let's talk. You want to talk about Jesus? Let's talk about Jesus. Growth group time, man. What are we talking about? Ephesians? Okay, good. Right. Or, or, is this what you do? When you walk in, you're all ready to fight, and you go, hey, guys, why, why, why this? Like, just, just, it's Okay. <laughs> And what that does is it changes the atmosphere. And I believe that that's what the world is looking for. The world is looking for, thank you guys. This is, this, it's little, hopefully, yeah, give it up for them. That they, the world is looking for something different than always defending. The world is looking for someone that comes in and is able to say, hey, look, put down your guard. And when you're able to say, guys, I've got nothing to prove, nothing to lose, nothing to hide. 
But Joe, that's what I'm talking about, that core group of trusted people where you can say, I'm going to bring my guard down. Some of you have lived guarded forever. And nobody really knows you. The band can come up. What's your work for this week? Your work for this week looks like this. Read these passages. Text that number so you can be reminded about being grateful. Pray about what to give in the Thanksgiving offering. But there's a fourth thing that I want you to think about, and that is this. When was the first time you armored up? When was the first time that you were taught that you need to defend yourself? And this isn't really, I mean, you can talk about it and say, well, maybe like last week, you know, this person said something to me, and then I was like, oh, no, and I need to like defend. And you know what? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you, when was the first time that you were taught to armor up? Because there, in that moment, you were fed a lie that says you have to defend forever. No one can ever get to you because people are not okay. That is not what God says. The first time that I had to armor up, I was four years old. My dad was not okay, and mom was doing nothing about it, and I armored up. I was four. And I was taught that I need to defend myself because no one else is going to. When is the first time that you were taught to armor up? Because here's what I'll tell you second place. I'll tell you this. God wants to heal that moment. Because what I, what I see, God is present at all times, right? I mean, God was there in that moment with me. And he wasn't saying, this is okay, that your dad's not okay, and your mom's not doing anything about it. What God was saying was, that's not okay, Joe. And he whispered, I love you, and I want to heal this moment for you. So someday you can stand in front of some other people who have had a similar experience and be able to tell them that I want to heal them too. And we can take the armor down. Last night at our Saturday night service, I was talking about how praying, at, <laughs> praying here has always been um, different for me. Like a lot of churches, like they'll have people come up and they'll pray and all that stuff. But, but lately, man, I've been noticing, like Sarah and I will be like in this front corner on the right here to pray with you if you would like during the music time. You want to pray about your desire to armor down and the fear that comes with that, that's cool. Do some work in that area of your life, that's awesome. But this guy, big burly dude, after the service, I said, man, thanks for coming to today. And he said to me, he said, you know, I don't know, the guy was really speaking to me though. He said, I've had, since I was a kid with my father, 
and then also going into the military. And ever since all that has been a part of my life, I walk into every situation guarded and with my defense up. And he said, today, for the first time, God said, take the defenses down. He said, all the things that I was trying to be because I was trying to do what my dad wanted me to be. He said, I can't live under that pressure anymore. And I said, guess what? God didn't put that pressure on you. He didn't He didn't give you the armor and say, put this on. He said, put on my armor. The battle's not against your father. The battle's not against flesh and blood. But people put things on you. People put things on him. And he carried those things. I'm telling you right now that whatever you're carrying, Jesus wants to take you and to say, put your defenses down. And the worst is when we put our defenses up with God. Because God didn't come through the way we thought he would. God didn't do it the way we thought he should. All of those things that we think that, man, this is what I'm believing for God and it doesn't happen. But let me tell you, no matter what your circumstances look like, God is still good. And he's still telling you, you can put your defenses down with me. And maybe that's your work today. You see what I mean when I said, I'm not so sure we're all ready. Because it's a lot of stuff that's really built up over time, right? But I will tell you, as I talked to my brother last night, and tears are pouring down his face, having been free of what he's been carrying since he was a little boy, and all the expectations of his father, to be able to say that God has taken that off, and that he said, just be you. You just be who I've created you to be, man, to see that freedom. What did that verse say? That because of Jesus Christ, we're able to go to God in freedom, And in what? Confidence. Let's stand. And as we sing, like I said, Sarah and I will be up in this area here. If you would like to pray, um, we'd absolutely love to do that. And let's do some work. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we're setting aside Saul's armor today. Lord, in, in seek and in pursuit of oneness and unity, Lord, We want to be able to bring our defenses down. And it is so scary. It is so scary to really be and to really share and to really just allow you to whisper into our ear that you want to heal us, that you love us. Lord, we pray right now, that as we sing, as we sing a song about you coming closer to us and all of the mess of life, Lord, you're here right now. Spirit, you have been tilling the soil and Lord, we want to do that work today. Lord, help us to walk out different than when we walked in. In Jesus' name. So these messages are not things I like sitting through either. Um, and I had the privilege of hearing it last night too, so, you know, getting to live in it a little bit. Um, it's always the question of how real, how real do we get with y'all? Um, 
Um, the word is truth. And I know that. And sometimes walking that out is a lot harder than singing those words. Um, we'll go particularly with the child care center right now. The armor that I have put on to survive. <laughs> um, my mama heart kicks in at points. And I'm sure if I thought about when that started for me, it was as a child. And I feel obligated to protect, to keep, to, to be who God is only intended to be. And I think these services are so important as a community for us to come together to remind me and hopefully you that he silences fear. That's what he does. He speaks to storms just like Jesus did thousands of years ago. He spoke to that storm and those winds. They listened to his name. The waves, they stopped. And I need you guys to join us in prayer with this child care center because there's a storm. And I want to protect you all from that storm. I want to be the one who puts on Saul's armor, who goes out and fights that battle so you don't have to. But that's not what God's asked. He's made us a family. And he wants me to put down my guard and my defenses. And I'm really good at defending well, that's not what he's asking. He's asking us to be one and to help carry each other's burdens. So the battle rages for the child care center because there are lives at stake here and not in this moment. It's that there are broken people who need to know it's okay to be broken. They're families that need to know they're not doing this thing alone. And so I can't do it alone or I send them the wrong message. So I'm going to try really hard to take off the old armor that doesn't fit. Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so when he gave us that armor to put on, it's because it's not a burden. They're not heavy. They're not cumbersome. They're not oversized. They're perfectly fitted for me, for my battle, for you, for your battle. So don't wear someone else's armor. Put on what he's given you to wear. So um, I don't know if you want to pray. I, I mean, I could try. I, I, could, I could give it a whirl. Um, what's your call? Okay, I'll give it a whirl. God, I thank you that you take us in our weak, vulnerable places. And you say, okay, can I carry you? So Lord, 
we give this child care center to you. It's your battle to fight. It's not a battle of flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers of darkness. So, Lord, these families that you've given us, these families that you have coming to us, they're yours to protect. They're yours to keep. And we release that back to you. And we allow you space to do a work that maybe we don't even know or see or understand. And we allow that fear to be silenced. And we allow you to be the strength that we need to accomplish the task that you've called us to. It's your work. It's not mine. It's your kingdom that's coming to earth not our kingdom that we're building here on earth to you. So we give you space. And we ask that you take the perfect person that you made us to be. You, you formed me. You made me. You knew the gifts and the skills that you gave me to accomplish your work, not mine. And so I join arms with all these other people who have been uniquely gifted and called to be a part of being, bringing heaven to earth. And we thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. You guys have a great week. And you guys are just feel free to leave Saul's armor on your chair as you go. All right? <laughs>